Welcome, all you blokes and chillers, to the Sport Shack from the Gold Coast, Australia. In the Sport Shack this week, we're going to talk about some of the sporting topics of the week and go back in time and some of our favourite sporting memories from the past as well as the news and events, music and film, and lots more. And all from and with our great mate, Paul Tonner. We acknowledge the Ugambe people, past and present, the traditional custodians of this land, of the Gold Coast, we thank the Yogambe people for the opportunities to do this podcast on their land. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Sports Shack. I hope you are well and have had a great sporting week and welcome to the year 2023. Happy New Year! <laughs> First episode of the year, Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. So Exciting times. Yeah, you're back on the goalie, back from the, the Blue Mountains. Yep. Yeah, you, <laughs> are you sure that's not where they made Avatar, is it? With all no. the With all the blue people going around there. Oh, gosh. Because you were just saying before about the first day you got there, it was cold. It was absolutely um, freezing. Um, so that's the thing. When you go there this time of year, you don't know what to expect. Yeah. It could be freezing cold like last year and raining and misty and <laughs> or it could be 30 odd plus every day yeah. it was this year so yeah 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 no, yeah. yeah i went down there year, this is year, years ago did a job down at louis gardens mm, and it was right. in november and i thought yeah i just packed warm stuff yeah and the first day there yeah it was warm went in for lunch came <laughs> out there was a whole different story Yep, it's like it, Melbourne weather, isn't it? It plummeted 25 degrees probably and it was freezing. Yeah. I had to run back to my room and put on everything I could to keep warm. Four seasons in a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was actually closed down, that Lura Gardens, when I was there. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing some major renovation or something. Yeah. Uh, I had my 21st there. It was a 40, 40 Towers night. Yeah. Mm, long time ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how was your Christmas? Yeah, it was quiet. As you know, I came up there to see the kids before Christmas and then yep. back down on the property here and, yeah, no, pretty quiet. That's Christmas. right. The last episode we did was here, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was our 2022 year in review. Yeah. Yeah. It'll no, be interesting to see what happens this year. Yeah. But, yeah. It should be a good year, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, um, you know, you, you saw your face, your fire going out to the fireworks. This is your place? Yeah, just across the road there with yeah. all the live music. And yeah. No, it was great because it was uh, it was a very low tide. And yeah. yeah, I just took the chair over. And yeah. because it was low tide, you could go a fair way out. And, Oh, yeah. yeah, get a really good view of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just went home and went to bed afterwards. But, yeah, yeah no, we, it was all terrible news here yesterday afternoon. Yeah. Just a little bit further up the broad border with, uh, yeah, terrible uh, yeah. helicopter crash. Yeah, two helicopters colliding outside SeaWorld. And, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, 
Yeah, mm. I, I, I watch the footage and I don't know why they were like that. You know, surely, you know, from memory they should be all coming in one direction and all leaving in another. Mm. Uh, I, I, it'd be interesting to find out who was at fault. Yeah, it's, um, well, the one that was flying up, that was the one that had all the fatalities. The one was yeah. taking off and another was coming into land. And yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. you know, from what I've seen in the past, that that because he, he the the one landing was coming from the south. Yeah, and that's the one right. taking off was heading into the south. Mm, exactly. When, yeah. when to land, they should have been coming from the north, mm. landing from the north behind him. Yeah, that would have made more sense, wouldn't yeah, it? But you I'm, know. Yeah. Because yeah. we used to go up the spit and watch them. Yeah, we could see them from where we were looking. Mm. And I thought they, were, I thought they would have had a like, like um, a routine. Yeah, a um, what how they had to follow. They're yeah. taking off and landing. Yeah, their flight flight paths and things like that. Well, I actually saw one yesterday morning when I went out a swim in the the beach across the road yeah they're always flying there's heaps of helicopters now but yeah. i'm pretty sure this was a sea world one yeah and i saw it flying above and and i'm you know little did i know that you know what was going to happen a few hours later and yeah uh just tragic you yeah. know yeah just uh it's terrible when these sort of things happen yeah. especially this time of year and yeah yeah so our thoughts are with, uh, you know, the family and friends yeah. that have lost yeah, exactly. Somewhere. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh. But no, I've noticed like there's been a huge like there just seems to be helicopters. Well, I haven't heard any today, really. Yeah, I, no. Well, they're, but, they're they're probably um closed off the airspace. I'd say. Oh, I'd say for sure. Yeah. yeah. What well, what did the investigation? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, we lost uh, a former great, where are they now, just last week, the great Pele. Yeah, he was on our show not that long ago. Mm. Yeah, the greatest uh, footballer of all time. So, yeah, 82 years of age. He's, he's had quite a few health problems for a long time now. Yeah. So rest in peace, Pele. Yeah. Yeah. You got any slaps that have happened in the past few weeks? Well, yeah, yeah, I've got a slap, but I haven't got the slap sound effect with me. So, oh, that's all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bloody McDonald's. When I went up there to see the kids, I, you know, they wanted to go around to McDonald's, hmm. and I didn't want to have a hamburger because I don't eat meat. So I ordered one of their salads. It was mainly lettuce, a little a couple. Oh. A couple of little bloody tomatoes in a little hamburger box for yeah. five you, bucks. Yeah, I know. Oh, you, you took that. You took that photo, put it on Facebook. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. that's my uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's just no no deter. There's no option that people <laughs> they they want you to eat their 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 food, yeah. their junk food. Have you ever seen that movie? It's one of my favourite movies of all time. Michael Douglas in that movie Falling Down. Ah. And he goes into the uh, burger joint 
and uh, you know he he wants something from the uh, breakfast menu, but the breakfast menu finished a minute ago, yeah. and he you have to, and then you know the guy at the register says no, you got to get something from the lunch menu. But Michael Douglas goes, you know, oh, but I want something from the breakfast menu, and he gets out his gun and. <laughs> <laughs> And then they decide, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, give him something from the breakfast menu. Uh, he orders this burger, uh, comes out, looks <laughs> at this tiny burger, uh, and he goes, well, you know, look at this. You look uh, up there and it looks like, you know, yeah, five right. feet high, uh, five feet wide, all juicy, and uh, all I get is this sloppy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the old switch and bait, the old bait and switch. <laughs> Uh, hey? The old bait and switch. Yeah. They show you something that looks big and juicy and looks nice, but when it comes to reality, it's not. Because yeah, years ago, there was a girl that she won a court case against um, uh, one of the coffee places for having too much ice in her yeah. iced tea or whatever. I thought, I should do this with Macca's. Yeah. False advertising. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Their salads, you know, aren't worth half the money. Uh, <laughs> they serve out. To I, I reckon uh, they. I reckon they scrape the lettuce out of the leftover burgers. <laughs> you might as well go get a salad bag from Coles or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, definitely. Oh, I hate it when you get ripped off like that. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, yeah, just talking about some winners and losers for the past few weeks. Well, David Warner's a winner. Was at the uh, Melbourne Test match? You know, he um, it was his 100th Test match, and you know he's he's been terrible form with the bat. And, you know, this was basically his last chance. And, yeah, he came out and got a double ton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and he, when he got to 200, he went off retired, hurt, because yeah. from exhaustion, because it was a really <laughs> hot day in Melbourne. Yeah. And then he came out the next day, the resumed batting, got clean bowled first ball. <laughs> yeah. But another, another winner is Alex Diminor, the uh, Aussie tennis player. Yeah, he came back and defeated Rafael Nadal last night in the United Cup in Sydney. And another winner. Now, I don't know if you heard about this, Glenn. A couple of weeks ago in the uh, the Big Bash in the 2020 cricket, cricket League here in Australia, the Sydney Thunder got bowled out for a record lowest total. Yeah. Now, you know, do you know what the score was, what they got bowled all out for? Five. Fifteen. Fifteen. Oh. <laughs> now, since then, I think they've won every game. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the team that beat them that night, the Adelaide Strikers, they've lost four in a row. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But now, fifteen. You know, like that's just. I, I I could not believe it when I heard that. How many ducks were there? A lot. A lot. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, I think the highest score was about three, I think. <laughs> yeah, like I've played, there was a game I played in England 
we got a team all out for about oh about 12 or something 10 yeah. or 12 yeah and that was an early night that one but in juniors i remember playing in a few games and we got bowled all out for uh under 20. Yeah. Um, but this was you know like first class cricket yeah yeah so Look, i've seen teams get all out in the 40s yeah. So being, that's just unbelievable. Being the yeah. big bash, it's all about you know the show and that. Yeah. So it would have been a quick show. Would have been. Oh, a, it was a very quick show. A, an a, early night. Yeah. <laughs> it was all over before it started. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only good thing was that they batted second. So if they had batted batted first, it would have all been over in half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, shortest match. Yeah. So. So what what sort of target were they aiming for? Oh, I think they were chasing about 150-odd. Yeah. Yeah. So they only got about 10% of that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that, that happened on the Friday night, and the next day I went to the uh, first day of the Brisbane test. Yeah. And that's a slap for me. Paul gets a big slap because Paul got to the game late. You know why? Because uh, he got on the wrong bus. <laughs> he ended up on the other side of the city. Yeah. So Brisbane bus network is a big slap for me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I got off at the Marta, which is right uh -huh. far from the ground. So I just thought I'll get on the next bus and they'll just take <laughs> me down the road. Yeah. And then next thing, oh shit, it's not going there. <laughs> it just kept going and going. Yeah. Once you get on those Brisbane buses, and it, it's happened to me a few times. Yeah. Yeah. you got to really know where you're going. That's right. Because I remember I went to a Big Bash game about 10 years ago. And at the end of the night, I got on a bus outside the Gabba there. And, yeah, it took me way up to um, past Chermside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Miles away from where I wanted to go, I, I think I had to get a cab. Yeah. Try and find out where I dropped my car. I think it was in Zilmere somewhere. <laughs> oh boy, uh, bloody Brisbane buses are an absolute nightmare. Yeah, no, yeah. it's just a matter of learning, knowing where to go and which one to catch. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, what what I find really useful, you go to your Google Maps. So if you go to your Google Maps, they'll they'll help you out a bit. They'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. When the next bus comes, when the yeah, uh, uh, but uh, no, but yeah, that happened on the Friday night. The uh, getting you know Sydney Thunder getting all out for fifteen, and then yeah, the uh, Brisbane Test match started the next day, and it was all over in under two days. Yeah, the pitch was this greenest um, Augusta, yeah. Augusta fairway. It was the greenest wicket I've ever seen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Travis Head, he was a big winner because he got 93, I think, and scoring 93 runs in the first innings on that on that deck it's just a massive performance. Yeah. It was, you know, you face, you know, there's two quality pace attacks and you're having to face them. You know, you, you would not have wanted to have been a batsman on that wicket. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just would have been hell. Yeah. Yeah. Against quality fast bowling.
you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, England cricket, they're just on fire. They uh, defeated Pakistan 3-0. It was a whitewash, that series. So they've got to be the greatest comeback of 2022. The way they were just mm -hmm. at an all-time low, you know, when they um, got flogged in the ashes and then beaten by the West Indies. And this is like going back in February, March. And they've pretty much won every single game since then. <coughs> Just by diff different coach, different approach. Yeah. Yeah. Another loser is a South African batsman. They're just, oh boy. I don't think they've scored over 200 runs in their last oh, 12 innings or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, third test gets underway tomorrow. So, the Aussies have got um, some injuries. So, it's, yeah. So they've got a good chance there. Yeah. And Nick Kyrgios is a big loser. Gosh, how many times has he been in our loser category, Glenn? Yeah. Yeah, plenty of times. Oh, gosh. Pulling out an hour. It was about an hour before um, the United Cup um, squad was announced, the Australian squad. Yeah. Oh, citing, you know, injury and... Yeah, like fair enough, he might be injured, but to leave it to the last second like that, I think that's just having a dig at Australian tennis, I think. Tennis Australia. Yeah, so yeah. Remember with Rex Mossett every, every Friday night on his uh <laughs> when he would do the sports report, he'd have his flabbergasted award for the week. Yeah. John McEnroe would yeah, he was like <laughs> nearly every week, you know, because this was Right when John McEnroe was at the peak of his career and all these tantrums and yeah, well, Nick Kyrgios, he always gets my flabbergasted award. Yeah. Anyway, today we're going to talk about the relationship of music and sport. So two of my favourite passions in life and I know you've got a great passion for music, Glenn. Yeah. Yeah, so last week Glenn and I spoke about some of our favourite one-hit wonders. Well, we did couple of ep episodes back, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, when we spoke about one-hit wonders in sport and in music. and So what comes to your mind, Glenn, in, in regards to music and sport? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I know that you've already got him in this in this episode. But, yeah, two, of our, two AFL players. Yeah. Jacko and um, Warwick Kappa. Yeah. I've actually got a bit of a bit of a play some of their songs. Yeah. What? What? Kappa, I need to take what I need. Reels, <laughs> I feel them coming. Sign on. Sign on. I'm off and running. And Jacko, I am a big <laughs> he was I'm an individual, you, you can't, can't fool me. <laughs> We're actually going to go in the detail with him next week, Jacko. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a character, that bloke. Yeah, no, he is. Warwick <laughs> Cup is just full of himself. He's, he's, yeah. tri he's tried plenty of other stuff. 
<laughs> this hides football. Yeah. Yeah, but just just doing some research and yeah, you know, there's other there's yeah you know, plenty of other um sports people around the world that that, that get into music. There's a um Trevor Price. Is a de the defender, tackler, tackle and bass player. Hmm. He's got a, he's got his own studio. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there's yeah, just reading through it. There's other sports people that play an instrument have played hmm. live at the at a, at a um event or even a competition that they're playing at. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's always you know, music itself is a good good inspiring, ins exactly. inspiring people to. They got a very like, close relationship, haven't they? Yeah, well, yeah, you know, when you come down to it, music, really covers a lot of bases in life. Yeah, you, know, you can put on music and it can change your mood. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you can put it. You know, some people. Yeah. You know, that's shown that even though they suffer severe depression by listening to heavy metal music, mm. it, you know, it helps them get going. Yeah, so well, I know, I know in a lot of cricket matches now, like, um, yeah, like players when they come on to bat, yeah, they have their favourite song playing on the loudspeaker. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. But even when you see a lot of sportsmen arriving at the game, you know, football players and, yeah, they've got their headphones on listening to music, you know, to yeah. try and relax them or suck them up. and Yeah. 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 Well, that's why, you know, I was thinking, like, we did, this is like a two-part episode. So today we're going to focus mainly on uh, musicians and their relationship to sport. Next oh, week okay. we'll look at... Um, yeah. yeah, we'll look the other way around. Sports people and their relationship to music. Okay. Yeah. Those that have sport those sports people like Jacko and yeah. um, Warwick Kappa, you know, tried to have a go, <laughs> tried to be a famous music star. Yeah. <laughs> All to no avail. <laughs> a lot of the time. But... I, I think Jacko is just doing it for the yeah, the laugh of it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but what comes to my mind with music and sport are the anthems, you know, especially now being it just gets blasted out of loudspeakers during the games and yeah. drives me a bit bonkers sometimes, but uh, just hearing the same ones over and over. Yeah. But, yeah, just some famous musicians and their love of sports. So, like, Elton John and, yeah, like, he's uh, got a – He's got a strong passion for uh, football and cricket. Like he was owner of Watford for years, the Watford Football Club. I think he still is, actually. Yeah. And the Rolling Stones and, you know, Mick Jagger, he's a big cricket fan. You often see him at um, yeah. Lords a lot yeah, in the members' pavilion there. And just some singers on stage singing the national anthems. So... Yeah, Julie Anthony. I don't know what she's doing these days, but yeah. oh, she she was like the master of doing Advance Australia Fair. Yeah, especially you know during the eighties, during uh, grand finals, and Jessica Malboy. Yeah, she's sung the national anthem and 
performed at uh, some of the NRL grand finals. And But, yeah, also like some grand final days. I remember the 2003 NRL grand final and Meatloaf was performing. <laughs> the good old late Meatloaf riding around his motorbike and going on stage. And remember, remember Billy Idol? Oh, yeah. 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 We spoke about him in one of our other episodes um, when the music system didn't work, the 2002 grand final. Yeah. Just waiting for some power. <laughs> that never came. Yeah. Yeah, but Meatloaf had a shocker in that AFL grand final, didn't he? I think it was about 10 yeah. years ago. Uh, lost his voice. And and Irene Cara, now she passed away recently, unfortunately. And uh, But, yeah, she, uh, I think it was about the 1996 AFL grand final. She performed just before the, the game and, yeah, and each year they seem to get out a famous performer, especially the AFL from overseas. Like last year they had Robbie Williams who did a fantastic job. And But you also look at the Super Bowls at halftime. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> Jessica, um, no, what's her name? Janet Jackson and yeah. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, we'll talk a bit about him soon I later was... in the show. Yeah. Do you remember a band called the Celibate Rifles? They're an Aussie band. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've heard of the name. Yeah, I remember in the, it was about 1991, I had some mates come down. I was living in Sydney and because, you know, they came and stayed because they wanted to go see this band called the Celibate Rifles in DY. So yeah. I'd never bloody heard of them. So I got shanghaied along to this, um, this uh, concert. And, oh, my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were, you know, jumping off the stage into the crowd's arms. and yeah. But they, they had a singer called Damien Lovelock. And he, he's passed away now. But, yeah, he was just a massive soccer fan, you know. And he'd be on the uh, – he'd be a, a pundit on the SBS TV um, football shows, you know, with Les Murray and – Johnny Warren, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, he knew a lot about the game. I was, yeah, just incredible how much he knew. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, they weren't my type of band. Or, yeah, I, I, I definitely didn't go to another Celibate Rifles concert. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, we'll go on to our quiz now. It's quiz time. So, with our quiz today, it all has to do with well-known sporting anthems. Right, so I'll read out the question, we'll have some thinking music, and then I'll reveal the answer. Right, question one, here we go. Name the American hip-hop trio who sang the song, Jump Around. Uh. And the answer is, you're doing well if you get this one, House of Pain. Right, second question. Now, this one, you have to have to complete the lyrics to this famous Queen song. Now, the song is, it's a very well-known one, We Will Rock You. So, buddy, you're a boy, make a big noise, playing in the street, going to be a big man someday. You got mud on your face, you big disgrace. 
complete the rest of the song. Do you know the answer, Glenn? Uh, I did. It just slipped by. Um, so I'll give me. I'll give you another hint. I'll, I'll read that last line back again. You got mud on your face. Your big disgrace. What's the next line? Yeah, yeah, there's a few words, but then it's we will, we will rock you. Eh. Uh, Kicking your can all over the place. Yeah. Right, yeah. question number three. Now you've got to complete the lyrics to this Rolling Stones hit song, Start Me Up. I've been running hot. You got me something. Complete the rest of the line. Mm-hmm. So you got me. You know the answer? No, nah, because I've, I've actually got the wrong script in front of me. Oh, give yourself an uppercut. <laughs> <laughs> reckon gonna blow my top. Yeah. You got me reckon gonna blow my top. That's the rest of the line. Right, more simple one now. Question number four. Name the 1990 titled Gonna Make You Sweat. Everybody dance now. And the answer is CNC Music Factory. Were you a fan of them, Glenn? Yeah, yeah, on and off. I wasn't yeah. always big on them, but yeah, no. When they first came out, I liked it, but then I got a bit sick of them. Yeah. Didn't have too many hits, did they? No. No. Righty, we've got a well-known group now, but we're going right back to the to the uh, late 70s, early 80s. So you got to complete the lyrics to this famous Village People song. So you just got to complete the line, okay? So it's a very famous song, YMCA. Young man, there's no need to feel down. I said, young man, what's the rest of the line? And the answer is, pick yourself off the ground. (laughs) You remember the footy show? No, no. I know, but but, but I, I never... I wasn't a fan of watching it. Yeah. I remember, um, uh, who was it? You know, when Fatty Vorton and Peter Sterling and all that, they would dress up and they dressed up as the village people one night and they, for one, one episode and they said to, uh, Ray Warren, oh, you know, cause I were trying to encourage him to join them, you know, and dress yeah. up and, so, and then Ray Warren goes, I'll do it as long as I'm not the gay one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he dressed up in all the leather and yeah. yeah. Right, question six. What is the name of the legendary singer who sang the famous hit song? Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> and the answer is Ray Charles. Did you ever see that movie based on him? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah, it's a good movie, though. Yeah. Mm. 
very inspirational, Blake. Mm. Right, question seven. What sport is associated with the famous Aussie anthem, Up There, Kazali? Up there and Adam, what's the next line, Glenn? So is your flight? Show them, yeah, might. I, I might. Think it is. Okay, yeah. Aussie rules football is the answer. Yeah. Mm. What, what's your favourite sporting anthem? Oh, nice. Remember, I like the Gold Coast Suns one. Yeah? I reckon that really, yeah. yeah. I reckon that really reflects uh, the Gold Coast and who they okay. are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just trying to think of one that stands out for me. Well, the mm. obvious ones. I don't really say I've got a uh, favourite one, but yeah, that, the, all those Queen ones. I guess Queen are the the kings of the sporting anthems, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Like we will rock you, and um, we are the champions. Yeah, it's yeah, probably my favourite one. So, do you find with some song that some songs that have been used as sporting anthems, it sort of wrecks them. Ah, uh, because yeah, because you know, like yeah, I think so. Yeah, like the the um, Tina Turner one when they had for the rugby league, yeah, you know, and and now that's gone. Every time I hear it, mm. yeah, you know, it just sort of reminds me of the. <laughs> the rugby league, not not the origin of the song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, she had two of them. Yeah, like um. Yeah, simply the weather. best. Yeah, and uh, what you get is what you see. Yeah. But it did wonders for the game. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it, it created that sex appeal, and I guess it got more females interested in the game, and. Yeah. Um, you know, because they saw the ads of all the guys. All the footy players training in their speedos on the beach, and yeah, yeah. but uh, no, I guess um, those World Series cricket ones, you know, yeah, that uh, that'd be my favourite one. Yeah, yeah. The uh, come on Aussie, come on. Come on, Aussie, come on, well, come on. Yeah, well, that, well, that was written when um, Kerry Packer started the World Series cricket. That's right. Yeah. yeah, Mojo, the advertising agency. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right, so we'll go on to our Who Am I Now? This week's Who Am I? Right, so going to talk about a famous British rock and pop singer. So he was born in London in 1945 and... According to Wikipedia, so with my distinctive raspy singing voice, I'm one of the best-selling music artists of all time and have sold over 250 million records worldwide. Now, growing up, I was a talented footballer and supported Arsenal FC. I was captain of the school football team and played for Middlesex schoolboys at centre-half. My father very much wanted me to become a professional footballer. And in 1960, I tried out for Brentford Football Club, who were in the third division at the time. 
Yeah, so he's, that's a pretty big achievement, that, you know, to try out for a third division club. Yeah. So I'm now a fan of Scotland's Celtic United, and I host team practices on the pitch at my Essex estate, and I play in charity events. I've had 10 number one albums and 31 top 10 singles in the UK and six number one singles in the UK and four number one singles in the US. Now, some of my best well-known singles include Maggie May, You Wear It Well, Downtown Train, Tonight's the Night, It's Gonna Be All Right. Don't you think I'm sexy? <laughs> and, I was knight, and I was knighted in 2016. Thank God he can sing better than Paul. Uh, My name is... And we'll be at the end of the episode. Right. Where are they now? So this week we're going to talk about a well-known singer. Now, he's, he's a mate... He, Main singer, and he has been for many years of a heavy, famous heavy metal group. And his name is Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> what, do, what do you think of uh, Iron Maiden, Glenn? Yeah, 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 they're not bad after I've had a few drinks. <laughs> I don't know much about them. Like, I've heard of them, but I've never really followed any of their songs. And yeah. But their lead singer... Uh, Bruce Dickinson, he's a very, very accomplished at a sport we've never even spoken about before, um, the sport of fencing. What do you know about the sport of fencing, Glenn? Yeah, um, I wouldn't like to try without the outfit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even though, it's very, even though the sword is very flexible, I still wouldn't want to mm. yeah. you know, face one without protection. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a very old sport. Um, I think it's been in the Olympics ever since. I think it's been in every single modern Olympics. Yeah, so, but it's not very well known in Australia, that's for sure. So, Bruce Dickinson. So, he was born in Worksop, England in 1958, and he is an English singer who was the lead vocalist of the heavy metal band Iron Maiden. And he's known for his wide-ranging operatic vocal style and great energy on stage. So one thing he does say, it's important to uh, put on a great performance, you know, because what he what he finds as a performer, the audience can be brutal. Yeah. So if you, if you just put on the same show every night, yeah. they just get bored. Yeah. So he tries to make every single... Um, Iron Maiden uh, performance different in some way or another. Yeah. So he's a real entertainer, this bloke. So Dickinson began his music career singing with Paul's uh, small pub bands in the 1970s while he attended school in Sheffield and University in London. Now, in 1979, he joined a new wave heavy metal band called Samson and performed under the stage name Bruce Bruce. He then left Sampson and joined Iron Maiden and deputed on their 1982 album, The Number of the Beast. Can't say I've got that one. Now, Dickinson had great success with the band and they had a number of US and UK platinum 
and gold albums in the 1980s and early 90s. Now, he, he had a stint with a solo career too from 1993 to 1999 and he experimented with a wide variety of heavy metal and rock styles. He then rejoined the band and released six further studio albums. Now, music has always been in his family and his son Austin is lead singer of the metalcore band Rise to Remain and he has a cousin called Rob Dickinson who's the former lead singer of the British alternative rock band, Catherine Wheel. Heard of any of them, Glenn? <laughs> no. No, nah, never heard of them. Yeah. Now, some of Iron Maiden's best-known songs include Run to the Hills. That's I've heard of that song. Hello yeah. Be Thy Name is another one, 1982. Now, which is regarded by many and by Alexis Petridis in The Guardian as their best song with an edge of fantastic, edge of hysteria, Dickinson vocal. Now, The Trooper is from 1983, Aces High, 1984. The Seventh Son of the Seventh, Seventh Son. <laughs> That's a tongue twister. That was re released in 1988. Try and say that fast. Seventh son of the seven summers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Power Slave in 1984 and Phantom of the Opera. Now it's not the uh, oh, the uh, the play. It's the the song. They had a song called Phantom of the Opera that was released in 1980. Mm. Now some of the band's well-known albums include Killers, Power Slave, The Number of the Beast. And the seventh son of a seventh son. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul's spraying all over the computer. Here. I, I I heard a weird name of a, of a band last night. Yeah. And it's called and they're called. Uh, we were dead before the shit um, dried up. That's the name of the band. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> Gosh. What genre are they? What genre? I'd say they'd be metal. Yeah. Yeah, because I found some metal bands that had very unusual um, names. A guy I went to school with, I mean, TAFE with, yeah. he was in a band uh, four, four Dead in Five Seconds. Gosh. But, but that... They actually went over to uh, Nepal. Yeah. Because um, heavy metal is big over in Nepal. Really? So th they went over there to do a a um, a, a, um, a festival. You know, just one of the support acts. Anyway, yeah. anyway, they got caught. They got asked to come back the following year as the main act. And they also got a, a recording contract over there. Oh, okay. And you, you know, you're thinking Nepal, which is yeah, you know, be the last of places you'd think. Eh? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of controversy over heavy metal music over the years, haven't? You know, they they think a lot of it's behind a lot of shootings that happen, yeah. especially in America, and yeah. you know, 
some of the lyrics are very controversial and demeaning. And yeah, yeah well, it's the same with gangster rap. That, yeah. That, they reckon that was started by the by the um, prison system in America. Really? To, to keep the to keep the jails full. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love the soft heavy metal, you know, like ones like Def Leppard. I've been a big fan of them for years and A C D C are great. Yeah. Just the real extreme heavy metal. Yeah, I just can't Get yeah. my head around here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Dickinson contributed consistently to Iron Maiden's songwriting, including their first number one single, Bring Your Daughter. Now, he has also been a competitive fencer for many years and as reported in sportsillustrated.com, has been formally ranked in England in the foil and is the founder of Duelist Fencing Equipment. Now, fencing is a group of three related combat sports and three different competitions, which include the foil, the epée, and the, and the Saab. Right, so that's S-A-B-R-E. So the foil is where the weapon is metal and it is flexible, rectangular in cross-section and weighs under a pound. Now, points are scored by contact with the tip, which is electronically scored, in tournaments, and it is capped with a spring-loaded button to signal a touch. Now, the foil fencer's uniform is a lame, which is a vest that is electrically wired to record valid hits. Now, according to uh, SW Florida Fencing, the foil is the most commonly used weapon in competition. Now, in the epée, like the foil, points are only scored by contact with the tip and it is the largest and heaviest of the three weapons. Now, it is a stiffer blade than the foil and is triangular in cross-section with a V-shaped groove called a fuller. Now, it has a larger bell guard designed to protect the fencer's arm because the epée weighs more. Now, it is the slowest form of fencing. Now, the immediate counter-attacks are common in this type of fencing, and the entire body is a valid target area. So it's on for young and all in the epo. It's the easiest to understand because you can uh, strike any part of the body. Now, the, the, sarp, the sarp is where the weapon is used for thrusting and cutting with both the cutting edge and the back of the blade. Now, the blade is made of steel and is rectangular in section. Now, uh, sabi use is the female equivalent. Most Saab hits are registered by light signals placed on top of the Saab apparatus. Now, the target is the whole body above the waist. So, with yes, with the Saab, it's everything above the waist counts with the edge and the foil in that part. So, the point, the point must only touch the torso. So, it's not allowed to touch the arms or the legs. And... Uh, you know, if you hit anything else, it stops the fight for about 10 seconds and then they can resume. But no, the FA, I think that'd be the most exciting one to watch because, yeah, although they've got to use heavier weapons, it's on for young and old. Yeah, so anything goes there, anytime, anywhere, it scores. That'd be my type of fencing. 
bugger the rules, just go. For, go. <laughs> it's like at the movies, you know, when you see those sword fights. Yeah. Yeah. So equipment and fencing includes the jacket, the plastron, which is an underarm protector worn underneath the jacket, the glove, breeches or knickers, which are short trousers. Gosh, you'd want them on. And socks and shoes, the mask which protects the neck, chest protector, lame and the sleeve. Gosh, they've got more equipment than a batsman in cricket. Uh. Now, fencing was one of the first sports played at the Olympics and is based on the traditional skills of swordsmanship. Swordsmanship, sorry. Most competitive fencers choose to choose to specialize in only one weapon. Now, fencing is one of only five sports that are featured in every modern Olympic Games and has been mainly dominated by the European countries, especially Italy, France and Hungary. Now, according to the Ultimate Classic Rock and Culture website, Dickinson began fencing as a schoolboy when he was 13 years of age when he was convinced to do so by his metalwork teacher. Now, Dickinson realised the sport was not just about physical training. However, it also exercised the brain as well. At 15 years of age, he won the, the UNDL, so that's O-U-N-D-L-E, school fencing competition. So that was the school he went to and became the captain of the UNDL school fencing team. Now, it gave him the opportunity to go to London to pursue it professionally However, Dickinson began to lose interest and preferred to spend time with his friends at the pub. Now, Dickinson found the less he trained, the worse he got, and by his late teens, music was beginning to take over his focus. He gave up competing in tournaments when he was 23, when he was ranked number seven in Britain. So he got he got pretty high up, yeah. you know, number seven in the country. Jeez. Hmm. Now, the toll of touring made him return to picking up his fencing weapons and he found time to train whenever his Iron Maiden commitments allowed it. And he competed in some regional tournaments across Britain for fun. Now, he recently participated in a warm-up session against 2012 Olympic silver medalist Bartos Piasecki. And although he was beaten, Piasecki was impressed with the rocker. He told the Norwegian paper, Afton Posten, by bbc.co.uk, quote, he's kick-ass. He's incredibly short, but incredibly fast. That's his weapon. He looked rocky when he arrived in a brown robe with his fencing kit and a shoulder bag, end of quote. Yeah. So... When he was interviewed on the uh, Talk is Jericho podcast, Dickinson said that, yeah, he basically competes in age group competitions. So when, once they get to 40 years of age, they have to compete in their age groups. So, yeah. so the 40 to 50 age group, the 50 to 60 age group, 60 to 70 age group, which he competes in, and then it's 70 plus over that. Yeah. Um, but occasionally they also have an all-in team events so you, know, you might have a 60 year old competing it's a 30 year old and uh, yeah um whether they have handicaps for that i don't know yeah you know it's like the stall gift in cycling i mean uh sprinting you know they um start at different distances yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so there's also a team event that he competes in sometimes. So they have like three on the team and a reserve. And yeah, he generally competes now in two three-minute rounds with a minute break. But he's a very strong man. He was saying that, uh, you know, when he trains in the gym, like he can do like 100 kilograms, lift 100 kilograms for 40 reps when he does squats. Wow. Yeah, and this is like a bloke in his, he's in his 60s, this bloke. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. Now, according to the book of hours.net, Dickinson's fencing improved when he decided to change hands and switch from being a right-handed fencer to a left-handed fencer. Now, he worked on the switch between training sessions on the Isle of Jersey and recording sessions for Somewhere in Time in Amsterdam in the mid-1980s. Now, in 1987, he trained for six months at the West German National Centre for Fencing when he could not return to England due to taxation reasons. Now, he became ranked 18th in Britain, and after another seven months training, he became 7th in Britain in the men's foil discipline. Now, Dickinson represented Great Britain in the 1989 European Cup and he only became ranked seventh after the Olympic fences from the 1988 Olympics. Well, he says the only reason he became ranked seventh was because, uh, yeah, the Olympic fences from the 1988 Olympics decided to take time off. And by 1990, his ranking had slipped to 35th. Now, Dickinson reported on the Metal Injection website there is no money to be made in fencing, and because of this, everyone is motivated to perform. Fencing can be dangerous, and there have been incidents when a foil pierced the mask of a participant and killed them. Jeez. You think those that equipment would protect them, eh? Yeah. Now, however, the potential danger is what he finds appealing about the sport. He said, quote, it's totally different from rock and roll. It's just you and your opponent. I would gladly give back all of my gold and platinum albums for the chance to win Olympic gold in fencing. Yeah. End of quote. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that, but still, yeah. Mm. Now, in 2003, Dickinson changed his choice of weapon from the fall to the epi. Now, he excels in many other things apart from being the Iron Maiden vocalist for many years and the accomplished fencer. He's also a cancer survivor. He was diagnosed with throat cancer in 2014 and made a full recovery. I just heard on the news this morning, uh, Martina Navratilova, probably yeah. one of the greatest female tennis players of all time. She's been diagnosed with uh, throat and breast cancer. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I hope she'll be okay. Um, so he's also a widely published author and an experienced pilot. Now, Dickinson undertook a career as a commercial pilot for Astraeus Airlines and captained Iron, Ma <coughs> Iron Maiden's converted charter aeroplane, Ed Force One, during their world tours. Now, when Astraeus closed down, he created his own aircraft maintenance and pilot trainer company, Cardiff Aviation, in 2012. Now, he also presented his own radio show on BBC Radio 6 Music from 2002 to 2010. 
and also hosted television documentaries, created a beer with Robinson's Brewery too. Now, during the mid-1980s, Dickinson was, was rumoured to get out his fencing equipment and challenge crew members to fence with him. Gosh, I wouldn't be taking him on. <laughs> He'd cut me up. Now, when interviewed during this time, Dickinson said he'd like to fence with David Lee Roth from Van Halen. Remember him, Glenn, the yeah, lead so, singer yeah. from yeah. Halen? Yeah, because of his respect for him as a guy, as a performer, and his interest in swords. So that'd be an interesting duel. Mm. Now, actually, a match was scheduled for MTV. However, it didn't eventuate. Now, in 2011, Dickinson was presented with a honorary music doctorate from Queen Mary University, London, in honour of his contribution to music. All right, so let's look at what Bruce Dickinson is doing now. So he's now 64 years of age. Now, he was married from 1984 to 1987 to Erica Barnett. Now, after they divorced, he married psychotherapist Patrice Bowden, and they had three children, sons Austin and Griffith, and daughter Kia. Now, according to Sydney Yates in metro.co.uk, after nearly 30 years of marriage, they separated in 2019. And in 2020, Patrice Bowden tragically died in an accident at her home. Now, Dickinson currently lives with his girlfriend, uh, Liana Dolce, in Paris. Now, his son, Austin, currently fronts the alternative metal group, As Lines, and Griffin has previously worked as a stage carpenter for Iron Maiden during their tours and was the lead singer of a melod uh, melodic hardcore band called Hardcore Punk. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Right, Dickinson is a... Con conservative and a strong opponent of the European Union who supports Brexit. Now, it was reported in the Metal Hammer magazine when the withdrawal agreement came into place, Dickinson was angry that the British museums, musicians and performers were restricted from free travel through Europe due to the UK exiting the euro. Hey. Mm. Now, in 2019, Dickinson was made an honor, 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 honorary citizen of Sarajevo and received the city's prestigious 6th April Award for performing in 1994 in the middle of the Bal Balkans War. Gosh, he's got a lot of guts going there during that time. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that war was just brutal around that time. Yeah. Now, according to the city's mayor, Dickinson gave the people of Sarajevo hope and helped them realise they would survive and that the people of Bosnia and Herzegovina would survive. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like I've got a neighbour here. They're over, they moved back to Bosnia. But when they lived here, yeah, um, yeah they lived there. They, they escaped from Bosnia yeah. during that time. You know, because of the war, and yeah, he had a leg blowing off. Yeah. Mm. Yep. No, he's a lovely, lovely bloke. Yeah. Yeah. But no, apparently it's just terrible. Really full on war. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, thankfully, there's uh, peace there now. Mm. Now, in 2019, Dickinson was presented with with an honor, honorary doctorate from the Faculty of Philosophy by the University of Helsinki. He's a smart guy, isn't he? Yeah. According to forces.net in 2020, Dickinson was made an honorary group captain of 601 Squadron RAF. In 2017, he released an autobiography called What Does This Button Do? <laughs> <laughs> now, Dickinson still has a great passion for fencing and is involved with the London Thames Fencing Club and still finds the time to fence. He still finds um, time, so yeah, still finds time to fence, and he said it helps him with his day job, keeping him in reasonable good shape, and that it is very similar to the way he runs around on the stage. Yeah, he, he was saying one time he he tore his Achilles tendon really bad. Yeah. And, you know, whenever you do that, oh, that's like a long recovery period. And, yeah, he had to learn to sort of change the way he, you know, because he couldn't really take time off, you know, from uh, performing. So he had to change the way he moved around on the stage. He sort of had to move around like a crab. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because he's in so much pain with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, apparently um, he can hold a note for an incredible 41 seconds. Uh. Yeah. Yep. And Iron Maiden have gained a resurgence resurgence in popularity the past two decades, especially since Dickinson returned as vocalist in 1999 and also since guitarist Adam Smith returned to the band. Now, to date, they've released 41 albums. Now, the band has also released mobile games and pinball games. And according to Krebs, their 82 shows in North and South America in 2019-2020 attracted over 2 million fans, selling out arenas, stadiums and some of the biggest festivals in the world. Now, with one performance in Rio in 2019, there was well over 100,000 in, in attendance. Yeah. Mm. I think Simon and Garfunkel, when they performed at... Um, Central Park in New York. Yeah, that was like 150,000, 200,000 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the story of Bruce Dickinson okay. and the sport of fencing. I hope yeah. I've educated you well about a, a uh, sport where we know very little about. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's nowhere near mainstream. No. <laughs> no way. Yeah. yeah. But a uh, very old sport too. Yeah. Rightio, so we'll look at some other well-known musicians so, associated with uh, sport. So, yeah. So you mentioned that fencing was one of the first games played in, in the Olympics. Yeah. Was that the original nude Olympics or the or the modern no, Olympics? You, you mean the ancient Olympics? Yeah. No, modern Olympics. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nude Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that episode we were talking about? Um, Strange training techniques. Yeah. What was his name? Milos. Yeah. At the ancient Olympics, he'd um, trained by lifting a an ox and carrying it around. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh. 
so we'll talk about i don't know if you heard of this lady glenn her name's chelsea grimes now she is both a football player and a musician and according to the bbc wears the number 10 shirt for wfc fulham which was the first women's football club to turn full-time professional in 2000. Now, on the music side, she's written songs for Kylie Minogue, Dua Lipa, uh, Kesha, and performs her own songs, such as Just Like That. Have you heard of her, Glenn? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. Didn't realise she'd um, written some songs for Kylie Minogue. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Serge Persona, now he plays in a band called uh, Kasabian. Now, he held aspirations to play for his beloved Leicester Football Club when he was younger and showed tremendous skills, scoring a brilliant goal at the 2012 Soccer Aid event at Old Trafford and getting one past England's most capped goalkeeper, David Seaman. Now, Jack Johnson. Now, he grew up in the north shore of uh oahu hawaii and is the son of a famous surfer and is an avid surfer himself yeah yeah, so johnson was surfing the waves at just five years of age and he became so good at surfing he competed professionally now at 17 years of age he became the youngest to make the finals of the prestigious pipeline masters however he had a serious accident one week later when he was wiped out and smashed his head on the coral reef, becoming unconscious. Yeah. Mm. Gosh, I don't know how they do it, surfing those big waves there and yeah. just one one wrong move and you're going to get... Yeah, wiped uh, out. Yeah. Well, just not just that, but on those coral reefs. They yeah. just cut, cut you to shreds. Yeah. Now, the accident put an end to Johnson's career as a pro surfer. However, he went on to become a very successful singer-songwriter and his first four albums all went platinum in the US. Have you ever been a fan of his music, Glenn? Um, yeah. yeah. it's a bit slow for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, like, I like things that are upbeat and catchy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, Vanessa May. Now, she's a multi-million dollar, highly successful uh violinist and is also and i never knew this she's also a winter former winter olympian now she's been a skier since four years of age and at 35 years of age she turned her back on her music career to compete for thailand yeah. <laughs> so you don't associate thailand with the winter olympics do you uh. now she competed under the name vanessa vanacorn in the giant slalom at the 2014 Sochi Winter Olympics. Gosh, so she chose that event too. It takes a lot of guts to do that that event. Yeah. Skiing at those great speeds down a steep hill. Yeah. Now, she came last out of 67 competitors and was around 50 seconds behind the gold medalist, Tina May. Now, later in 2014, the International Ski Federation mm-hmm. banned her from competition after it was alleged she had fixed her qualifying races for the Olympics. And six months later, the ban was lifted after not enough evidence. Now, May failed to qualify for the 2018 Winter Olympics. So I think she better stick to the violin. 
Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah. She must have. Uh, I always thought she was British or something, but she must have Thai ancestry, I'd say. Yeah. Now, Julio Iglesias. Now, the Spanish music superstar is the number one selling Latin artist in history with more than 200 million sales. Now, his son, Enrique, he, he is second on the list. Do you know who he's married to, Glenn? No. no. A former... Stunning tennis player. Yeah. Anna Kornikova. Oh, okay. So he's a lucky fella. Yeah. <laughs> Very lucky. Yeah. Mm. Now, um, oh, I'm just trying to think what I was going to say. Um, yeah. Yeah, Anna Kornikova. Yeah. Uh, do you know who's third on the list? Of the number one selling Latin artists in history. Nice. Shakira. Shakira. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before Julio became a famous singer-songwriter, he played as a goalkeeper in the Spanish Spanish Segunda Division. However, his career was cut short by injury. Now, CNN reported in 2014 that Inglacius had a serious car crash, which damaged his spine and left him in a wheelchair, and he was paralysed from the chest down and bedridden ridden for two years. Now, his football career was over. However, he has fond memories of his time as a footballer. Uh, now, I reckon <laughs> Julio Iglesias, he's uh, just about up there with uh, Wilt Chamberlain, uh, the, the number of uh, uh, women that, he, that he's attracted over the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's well known for that too. Uh, yeah. Yep. Now, Alice Cooper. Now, sportsillustrated.com mentions that it's hard to believe that a man who once carved up baby dolls and hung himself on stage is an accomplished golf fanatic and has played at the AWT&T Pebble Beach National Pro-Am Championship. Now, he also hosts an annual celebrity tournament in Scottsdale, Arizona, and was also once part owner owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, the the, uh, the uh, uh, baseball oh, what are they call major baseball league team. Uh, uh, mm. the, the, so, there was also a post on on Facebook of him of him serving homeless people at his yeah. at his restaurant. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> He's been doing that for years too. Yeah. He gives a, he does a lot for um charity. Yeah, no. Yeah, um, terrific uh, bloke. Uh, an old an old mate of mine got to meet him for his his fiftieth birthday. Yeah. His partner bought him a concert ticket backstage pass to meet him. Oh and okay. He, so he met, <laughs> he met um he met Alice Cooper and uh, he was mm. talking to me, mate, and yeah, they they gone really well. And, and Alice before before we mate left, Alice Cooper said, "I will never, I will never forget you." Because <laughs> yeah. he's because me old yeah. mate, me old mate's a real character. <laughs> well, he was very big in the seventies, wasn't he? Nineteen seventies, yeah. and then he he made a bit of a comeback yeah. around uh, the late eighties. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, 
but he claims that golf saved his life and he, he once played 36 holes a day for a year. Wow. Yeah. Have you got a favourite Alice Cooper song? Uh, well, you got me on the spot here. Yeah, I don't know many of his songs, but some of them, like his, his um, ballady songs, you know, like uh, oh, what's that one called? Um, um, How are you going to see me now? You're going to see my ugly face. And then uh, what was the other one? Oh, You and Me. That's a classic. Uh, uh, Bruce Hornsby. Do you remember him? Yeah. Oh, you're looking up a Alice Cooper song. Yeah, yeah, I just I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, well there's, there's poison. <laughs> I, I like oh, poison. Song. Yeah. That was his comeback song. Yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, School's Out. School's Out for yeah. Summer. Yeah. Yeah, that was a ripper. Yeah. Now, with Bruce Hornsby. Now he's uh he was quite big in the mid to late eighties. He's six foot four inches, so he's a tall bloke, big unit, but a very good pianist and singer songwriter. And he played at the two thousand and four NBA Eastern Conference Finals and was a standout at a James Blair at his school, James Blair High. But he had some great songs. Um remember that song Just the Way It Is and yeah, Cross the River, great songs. Now, Glenn, could you do me a favour? Yeah. I'm busting to go to the toilet. Okay. <laughs> so you look up some Elton John songs for me. Elton John, okay. Tell me your favourite Elton John song. Right there. Yeah. And I'll be, I'll be back before the light goes out. Okay. <laughs> back in a flash. Okay, Elton John. Yeah, um... Yeah, I remember well when he brought out the Yellow Brick Road album. I was out at Mudgy during a car rally. So that's one of my favourite albums of Elton John. Okay, so Elton John. Elton uh, uh, John. Uh, if I just get my fingers to work right. I'm such a professional. <laughs> Not really. Elton John. Okay. Because he's just, he's on, he's on his farewell tour around the world. Yeah, there's plenty of great hits from Elton John. Like, I guess that's why they call it the blues. Yeah. No, there's a quite a baby's got blue eyes or brown eyes, I think it was. Yeah, no, Rocket Man. He's Rocket Man. Oh, I'm back. <laughs> Faster than a runaway XP23 Fasifan. <laughs> That's 200% better. Yeah, how do you <laughs> feel, Rocket Man? Oh, relieved. <laughs> you know, and it just hits you like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, Elton John is a huge soccer and tennis fan, he is. And he's a former chairman, as I was saying before, of uh, his hometown, Watford Football Club. Yeah, I remember uh, oh, when Everton beat Watford in the 1984 FA Cup final 
and Elton John was crying. <laughs> I wasn't, though. I'm going, you ripper. Mm. Yeah. So he's also part owner of the LA Aztecs. So they're in the North American Soccer League. And But he, he did that way back in the 1970s. Now, he's also a good friend of Billie Jean King and stages a celebrity tennis match to raise money for the El Elton John AIDS Foundation. So my favourite Elton John songs, oh, I've got so many of them, but probably yeah. Philadelphia Freedom and... Yeah. Um, uh, I like a lot of his more recent stuff. Well, when I say that, you know, like in the 90s and... Uh, oh, what's that song called? Uh, Blessed. I used to have a lot of his albums. Uh, Did you have Yellow Brick Road? Oh, Yellow Brick Road, yeah. Do you remember, Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, yep. Do you remember where you brought that from? No. The Beatles? No, no, no the Yellow, the John, Elton John album, Yellow Brick Road. No. Uh, was it a single or double? Um, it was a <laughs> single, wasn't it? Uh, I thought it was a double. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but he sang that great song, Circle of Life. That was, do you know what what um, theme song that was for? Circle of Life. Yeah. Uh, oh, what was the movie? It was a uh, animation. Um, the Lion King. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. So I remember I went to the, uh, the musical of that when I was in Sydney and I, I nodded off. <laughs> not that it was bad I'm just not into musicals I yeah. guess but Johnny Marr yeah according to RadioX.co.uk the legendary guitarist was known for playing for the Smiths and he trialled for uh, Nottingham Forest and Manchester United yeah have you heard of the Smiths I've heard of them I'm not familiar yeah. with their songs yeah yeah no I've heard of them hmm yeah what about the cure? Yeah, yeah. My um, my next door neighbour's been a big fan of theirs for many years. That yeah, she she actually met them, and 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 the lead singer that she was talking to at the time. Oh, Robert Smith. Yeah. Yep. He said, "Oh, if you if you ever get divorced, let me know." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, oh, well, apparently, like, he's a, he's a big fan of um, Queen's Park Rangers, and he was once a winger for Wasps, so yeah. this was when he was at school, but he's known for his life as a punk rocker and all that, remember that, all the gloom and makeup they'd wear, and, yeah. but I was never a fan of their music, but they released one song in the early 90s that I just loved. And I still love it to this day. Friday, I'm in love. Yeah. Yeah. So Monday, no. Oh, Friday, I'm in love. <laughs> so, Saturday, wait. Sunday always comes too late. Uh, something. Monday never oh, Wednesday, never hep hesitate. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I used to know all the lyrics off by heart. Yeah. Do you like a bit of reggae 
Bob Marley. Yeah, yeah, yeah occasionally. Yeah, well, the legend of reggae was a keen footballer. Yeah. And he'd even play football while he was recording and touring. Uh-huh. Yeah. You got a favourite Bob Marley song? Oh, not off, not off by heart. Not yeah. I can think of. Yeah. It's sad that he he died from such an early age, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, probably my favourite songs are... One love, one heart, let's get together and be all right. Yeah. Now, Nelly, the Grammy-winning rapper, excelled as an amateur in the St. Louis Baseball Association. Now, he's also been a minority owner of the NBA's Charlotte Bobcats and has been. he's also been involved with NASCAR's truck circuit. Hey. Now, Tim McGraw, the country music star, is the son of former major league pitcher Tug McGraw. McGraw. <laughs> <laughs> they've, got, they've got some weird Christian names in America. Tug. <laughs> yeah, actually, I thought, I thought about the next time I go to a, a strip club because the strippers there, they use a false name. So, yeah. so I thought I might I, I might use a, a false name when they ask what my name is. Yeah, so well, they might, do that in Thailand. The the women there, yeah, especially they they like to be referred by their nickname. Yeah, because their main name's got you know about twenty letters in it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it makes it much easier to just call them by, you know, the, cat. Something the, like that. The, yeah, the, you know, some of them take an English name because mm. it's easier to pronounce. Yeah. Well, he went to northeast Louisiana on a baseball scholarship and studied sports medicine. Mm. Now, what about Snoop Dogg? <laughs> so, yeah, the superstar rapper is often seen at a wide variety of sporting events. And he's known to play in the NBA Entertainment League. Yeah. yeah. Now, Dog started at a youth football league in Southern California and coached his son's team in the Snooper Bowl. <laughs> the mm. Snooper Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Now, Usher. You haven't heard from him for a while. Uh, he was really big back in the 90s, 2000s, yeah, wasn't yeah, he? That's right. Yeah. Now, the Grammy-winning R&B superstar is part owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers and plays in celebrity basketball, basketball games in L.A. Yeah. Just trying to think of some of these songs now. Did you, you got a favourite one? Or? Oh, no, no, I can remember, remember the yeah. moment. Mm. Now, Kenny Chesney, now the four-time country music entertainer of the year between... 2008, uh, 2005 to 2008. Now, he was a footballing receiver at Bibbs High in Tennessee. So that'd be in uh, American football. And he's a friend of New Orleans Saints head coach, Sean Payton, and once practiced with the team. So Payton, he led the Saints to their first and only Super Bowl title in 2009. Yeah, I remember that because it wasn't that long after, you know, they had um, Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. 
Now, Nick Mason, now he's a long-time drummer for Pink Floyd, and he owns more than 30 vintage race cars and has driven in the 24-hour Le Mans five times. Mm. You got a favourite Pink Floyd song? Just another brick in the wall. Yeah, yeah. That's my favourite. We favorite. don't need no education. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I remember when they came out when I was a kid and the and the, um, the worms coming out, remember? Yeah. What's that bit? He goes, um, if you don't eat your meat, you can't have your pudding. Yeah. How can you have your pudding when you don't eat your meat? <laughs> mm. <laughs> now, Flea. Now, he's the... Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Bassus. Is that how you say Bassus? Bassus. Bassus. Yeah, is a massive LA Lakers fan yeah. and has blogged on NBA.com and is found at NASCAR events. Yeah, you're a fan of Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yeah, I don't mind some of this stuff. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Any favourite songs there? Uh, uh, yeah, 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 I've got them, but I just don't recall at the mm. moment. Do you remember Under the Bridge? Yeah. Yeah, that was the first song I remember that they had. Now, Eddie Vedder. Now, he's a lead singer of Pearl Jam. And he grew up in Chicago and is a major Cubs, Bears and Bulls fan. Now, he once warmed up with Cubs baseballer Kerry Wood <coughs> before singing the national anthem at Wrigley Field. And then Dennis Rodman got up on stage and ruined it. Yeah, with Pearl Jam. Yeah. Mm. Gosh, you can't stay out of the limelight, eh? Huh. Dennis Rodman. Now, Garth Brooks, he's another country music superstar. Yeah. And he played for the San Diego uh, Padres in a spring training game against the Cubs in 1998 and pinch ran for Wally Joyner. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Cheryl Crow, she's a good looker. Oh, yeah. Now, she's a massive NASCAR fanatic and cycling enthusiast and often attends major tennis tournaments. She's uh, friends, you know, like with Martina Navratilova and Billie Jean King. And Yeah, you got a favourite Cheryl Crow song? I'm, I'm just looking it up at the moment. Yeah. What was that song? Um First song I remember she had was All I Want to Do. Yeah, 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 that's the one. All I want to do is have some fun. Yeah. And if it makes you happy, Paul's eating a sandwich at the moment. Um, yeah, I've got another real good looker here, Jewel. A very beautiful Jewel. A singer-songwriter, poet and Grammy winner. Now, she's also a big NASCAR fan. Yeah, I wonder why they get so interested in NASCARs. Yeah. All, yeah. They, all they do is go around in circles. Yeah, around, 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 around. Turn left, yeah. turn left. Oh. Now, she's also the official spokesperson for NASCARs and has performed at Next Nextel Cup Awards Ceremony. Now, she was behind the wheel in the racing reality show Young Guts. Yeah. Now, John Bon Jovi, he once co-owned the Arena Football. Now, that's an indoor football league, American football. Now, he, he owned the uh, the team Philadelphia Soul. 
you got a favorite Bon Jovi song? You ever been a fan of them? Yeah, no, I don't mind them. Yeah. Yeah, there are a couple of good ones. Um, and I will love you always. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, all those songs I had in the 80s. Living on a prayer. Living on a prayer. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. It's my life. It's my life. I yeah, that I, was. I wonder that if the, that's the same song as um. Yeah, a couple of others done. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know when it was done. But, um. Yeah. Oh, what's that? That that band with the blondes, yellow. Gwen. Oh. Gwen Stefani. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. that no that, doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, they they did a cover version. Yeah, it's my life. That's right. Yeah. Now Justin Timberlake. Now he plays in the NBA Entertainment League, and has worked out with the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. So I didn't know there was an NBA Entertainment League. No, he it was once side sideline NBA announcer for TNT. Now, he's also a keen golfer and takes his golf clubs wherever he goes. Yeah. Are you a fan of his songs? Oh, not, not really. Yeah. I really haven't got much into, yeah, um, into what he's done. Yeah. Yeah, because there's so much out there. Oh, there is, eh? Yeah. yeah. He was in a boy band before that, wasn't he? He yeah. sort of. Yeah, they grew, grew up with Britney Spears. Yeah, he's a part of that. Mm. But no, he's a very good golfer, apparently. Yeah. Now, Rob, Robert Plant. Now, he was a well-known yeah. lead singer for Led Zeppelin. Now, he's a big tennis fanatic and has taken lessons from Pat Cash and his friends with John McEnroe. And they sang that that very famous song, "Stairway to Heaven." Yeah. Now, Alanis Morissette, the Canadian singer, she sang the national anthem at the 2007 Stanley Cup final and is a keen surfer as well. So, yeah, there's no surf in, uh, not much surf in Canada, but no, she moved She moved to California. So yeah. that's how she got into surfing. Oh, yeah. yeah. To get away from the cold. Yeah. Now, Huey Lewis. Now, he's known for his smash hit albums in the 80s yeah. with Huey Lewis and the News. So, yeah, they're two great albums, and I still have them today, Sports and Four. Now, with um, these albums, they featured San Francisco 49ers star players, Joe Montana, uh, Ronnie Lott and Dwight Clark on backing vocals. Now, he's also a very keen golfer and pre frequently plays in celebrity events. Now, you got a favourite Huey Lewis song? Uh, that's a Power of Love. Power of Love, yeah. Yeah, yeah or, um, Jacob's Ladder, that's a classic. Yeah. yeah. Now, John Fogarty, now the famous musician from Credence Clearwater Revival. Now, he is a big baseball fan. And he sang the baseball classic, Centerfield, at the New York Yankees World Series Victory Parade in 2000. 
and he's performed on behalf of St. Louis Cardinals manager Tony La Russa's Animal Rescue Foundation. Yeah. You, you ever get into their music? No, 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 not really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're a bit too old for me. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's a, what's that song? Bad Moon on the Rise. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, now, I haven't, I've never heard of this bloke. His name's Master P. Now, the American rapper, he tried out as a guard with the Charlotte Hornets and Toronto Raptors in the late 90s. And he also played for the CBA's Fort Wayne Fury. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the NBA. Yeah, NBA's Fort Wayne Fury. They, they must have been one of the minor leagues there. Now, Nickelback. Now, they're friends with many of the NHL players, so they're really big into their ice hockey. They can be found skating around the ring at practices. Now, lead singer Chad Kroger has also had some ice hockey lessons from the great Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, you have been a fan of Nickelback? Yeah, yeah, some of them. You know, they, they do get a bit of a hiding. Yeah, uh, they, they they reckon that you know, for a while there, if you listen to Nickelback, you're a bit of a dag. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They reckon oh, no one likes Nickelback. No one buys their albums. But do they uh, sing that song called "You Remind Me"? I think that was one of their songs. Uh, yeah, Nickelback. But now, lastly, now this is probably one of my favourite singers. This bloke, now John Andrasik. Now he's the lead singer of Five for Fighting. Now he's a big ice hockey fan too. Yeah, avid follower of the NHL, and he once wrote NHL-related columns for SportsIllustrated.com. He's also a big basketball fan and supports the LA Lakers and the LA Kings. And he also featured on radio and TV interviews and has performed on SportsCenter at the 2002 NHL All-Star Game. Now, he played the song 100 Years during the Landon Donovan's last game for the LA Galaxy. So they're a, uh, a soccer team in America, famous soccer team. Yeah. But they, they sang that song, um, Superman. Yeah. Um. That's just a classic, absolute classic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's another one? Yeah, 100 Years, The Riddle. Yeah, they, you know, they, um, oh, they were sort of, you know, came really big sort of early 2000s, around that time when 9-11, uh, yeah. 9-11, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that was sort of like a theme song, the Superman yeah. They sing single Superman. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we'll move on to our Who Am I answer now. Time to reveal this week's Who Am I? And the answer is Sir Rod Stewart. Rock and Rod. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching an old story on YouTube last night. About um, Thailand 
making cannabis legal mm. and yeah and how it's taken off and improved you know, some people's lives and Oh, yeah. yeah, but and they've been using it in hospitals for years. But Is that they, right? Yeah, but they decriminalised it. Uh, and these two sisters were growing the Japanese pumpkins on their property and they were making about $20 a square metre from the um, Japanese pumpkins. And yeah. then when they went over to growing cannabis, it went up to $1,000 per square metre. Yeah. Is that but, right? Yeah, no, they uh, they interviewed the, the, this lady that makes all these lollies from using the cannabis. Yeah, uh, mm. uh, you know, not all of them have the THC in them. But yeah, from what they were talking, and yeah, you know, they were interviewing the Thailand's Minister of Health. Yeah, mm. he's a he's a politician, but he's a self-made millionaire. He's got his oh, own. Okay. He's, got, he's got his own private jet that he flies around in. Jeez. And he does a lot of charity work too. Yeah. 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 I don't think they'll ever legalise it here, though. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, but no, it has shown to have uh, a lot of medical benefits. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I've seen it, you know, with. Um, yeah, just some young people with disabilities and yeah. uh, just becoming more independent. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about Paul's top five now. Yeah. Right, in fifth place, I've got a tie between Bruce Hornsby and John Odrasek. Fourth place, I've got Vanessa May and her Winter Olympic dream. <laughs> Third place, I've got Chelsea Grimes. Second spot, I've got Rock and Rod Stewart, yeah. and in top place, I've got. Now, where are they now for today? Bruce Dickinson from yeah. Iron Maiden. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who's your number one, Glenn? You have to go with Rock and Rod. Rock and Rod. Yeah. 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 Rock and Rod Stewart. Yeah. No, mm. I remember that song. Um, you're in my heart, you're in my soul. Yeah, and that video clip of him playing in his football days. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, uh, he certainly got the ladies, didn't he? Loved yeah. his blondes and yeah. still does today. Yeah. And the, the, what, what, when, I was at, when I was at TAFE up on the Gold Coast, there was a young mu- music student that he looked just like Rod Stewart. Oh, yeah. He had the long blonde hair and the real Rod Stewart look. Yeah, he's still going well today, playing football on his um, SX estate there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah. Um, no, truly, true legend of a guy. Yeah. But no, next episode, so we'll look at our second part. We're going to look at sports people and music. So that's what I was saying earlier in the the episode today, sports people, some well-known sports people who have got a talent in music. Yeah. You know, John John McEnroe, he's quite good on the guitar and Pat yeah. Cash and Brett Lee and yeah, yeah but you know, there's also been those that uh like Warwick Kappa. Yeah. 
<laughs> that have had a go and oh, yeah. uh, and uh made a goose of themselves pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well White Cupper just did anything to make a goose of himself. Oh yeah. Open his mouth about place, anything. Yep. Or try and put his hand to <laughs> anything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He was on our flabbergasted episode, I think. Yeah. Uh, we, it was one of those earlier ones. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so thanks for joining us yeah. for this episode of the Sports Shack. So it's a goodbye from Paul. It's a goodbye for Glenn. Bye. G'day, it's me again. Please check out the Sporting Shack on Facebook if you like this for posts and other likes and shares. Have a great sporting week. Please check out Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. Until next time. Sure.